Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Deitch. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. One guest in this episode, but a terrific one. He has been on this podcast many times before. James Andrew Miller is the best-selling author of books on CAA, Saturday Night Live, HBO, and ESPN. And ESPN is why James Andrew Miller is on this podcast today. It has been quite a week, or I guess quite a six- or five-day stretch for the worldwide leader, in Bristol, and this podcast will focus on Pat McAfee and his comments about Norby Williamson, as well as Aaron Rodgers' appearance on Pat McAfee's show, in which uh, he referenced Jimmy Kimmel, which obviously became a problem for ESPN. And there's a lot to get to. And so, no fancy intros on this one. We're just going to bring them right in. And it's James Andrew Miller. Jim Miller, welcome back to the Sports Media Podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right. So I want to break this down into two parts because sort of there's the Aaron Rodgers part and there's the Pat McAfee, Norby, Williamson part. So let's let's start with Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been a regular guest on the Pat McAfee show, the most prominent guest, I would say. He has um, produced a lot of memorable appearances on that show. Uh, much of it, or me- I shouldn't say much of it, but some of it controversial, polarizing, and some of it where he absolutely went too far. And I would consider that the example of that the last week when he crassly suggested ties between ABC late night show host Jimmy Kimmel and Jeffrey Epstein, the disgraced financer and registered sex offender. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel obviously responded to that on X on Twitter. And uh, what we have here is a corporate mess. So let's take that part first, Jim, before we get to Norby Williamson. How, how how do you see sort of broadly Aaron Rodgers appearing on Pat McAfee's show? I mean, look, Pat clearly knows what he's doing. He's very successful. So I, I don't think... Uh, he needs me to tell him how to book his show. I, I think there were probably two takeaways that I had after listening to it. Um, one is if you're going to have somebody like Aaron Rodgers on and you're kind of shooting the shit, as they say, uh, when Aaron mentioned that about Jimmy, I'm not trying to talk, turn Pat into a journalist, but I think at that moment, he might want to just say in the same kind of tone, but like, 
what are you talking about, man? Or I hadn't heard that. Or where do you get that from? Or something to kind of just deal with it in the moment. So it doesn't create a a whole narrative on its own. You know, that Aaron Rodgers can say whatever he wants. I mean, I think in this case, he's lucky. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Pataro did call Jimmy Kimmel and did a pretty good job, uh, I believe, of, of Walking him down, or at least the two of them had a, a really constructive conversation. But the way that that was left, um, what well, it could have been a terrible situation. Uh, you know, it was an uncomfortable situation, but it could have been terrible if, let's say, Jimmy Kimmel decided to send a note to Bob Iger and say, "Next week, uh, only one of us is going to be on the air. You, you tell me which one of us it will be." Uh, you know, I mean, he clearly could have done that. He clearly could have doubled down in, in myriad ways. And I think that he sent a pretty powerful tweet. And then he had a conversation with Jimmy Pitaro and uh, equipped himself really well. And I think that Matt, this morning, uh, as we talk here on Monday, did a pretty good job of shoving some toothpaste back in the tube. But what I'm talking about is, in the moment, if you're going to have somebody who, you know, kind of doesn't necessarily adhere to journalistic uh, traditions uh, and is not going to be particularly careful with what they say or allege, then it's just worth it to just kind of like dispel with it in the moment and just say, well, what are you talking about, man? Or where do you get that from? Or, or something. So it just lowers the temperature. And then the second thing that I would say about what Pat did well, is that, um, I mean, look, there's been a long history, right, of ESPN's a big place. There's a long history of people getting pissed off about certain things that ESPN executives do. I think that calling one particular guy out by name is probably unnecessary because, first of all, it kind of mythologizes that person gives them a bigger blip on the radar screen than, than, you know, probably anybody wants. And the second thing is, as we all know about all things ESPN, it, that whole thing then takes on a life of its own. Right. All right. So hold on. So, so hold, we're, we're going to get to, we'll get to Norby Williams in a second. I want to sort of do it in two parts or just finish up on this. So I, I, unless I'm mistaken, and maybe someone else reported this and if they did my apologies, but you you have it on good authority, however you want to sort of frame it, that Jimmy Pitaro, who you who you've known for years and years and have written about many times, he 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 actively and reached out to Jimmy Kimmel because I had not seen that. That's interesting. Yes, I believe that was the case. Okay, all right. Um, so that's interesting in that the ESPN chairman gets involved in that, which and Jimmy Pitaro, as Jim Miller knows, longtime Disney employee, obviously. Um, and logically, Kimmel and Pataro's paths had crossed before. Okay. Um, as we are taping this on Monday, Aaron Rodgers will appear on McAfee's show on Tuesday. Uh, I'm not As I'm taping this, we're doing this in real time, I'm not sure if this will be out on Tuesday or this will be out on Wednesday. So there's a very good likelihood that if you are listening to this, Aaron Rodgers has already had his appearance on Pat McAfee, it, it very well could render this entire podcast useless, but 
just so you have your time frame. Jim, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Rodgers. I would think, just as a guess, that it's not going to go off the track so badly where like it puts ESPN into another horrible news cycle. But that said, I don't know. If you had to take a sort of a an informed or educated guess, how do you think this next Aaron Rodgers appearance on McAfee will go? Because there's going to be I, I'm, I, this will be the most anticipated Aaron Rodgers appearance on the Pat McAfee show since March when he announced he was going to the Jets. I guess, but I don't know why, because, I mean, the operative the operative question is, is Aaron Rodgers going to come on the show tomorrow and apologize to Jimmy Kimmel? And I, I, I would not bet on that. Nor would I. I agree. Um, I mean, and that's really the only thing that is relevant. Um, I mean, unless... You know, Aaron wants to wax himself about Norby or other things on this. Um, I would imagine that there's plenty of other things to talk about, and they're not going to dwell on this, um, particularly given what Pat said this morning. Right. And, oh. um, and and so I, you know, it may be anticipated, but uh, look, maybe Aaron would surprise everybody and apologize to Jimmy, but. I'm not holding my breath for that. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't expect that to happen. It doesn't wouldn't fit into his mo, and um, and we'll see. Well, you know, again, it's we're we're doing this the day before it happens, and um, you know, it'll it'll certainly be closely monitored by those in um, in Bristol, Connecticut, and elsewhere. All right. Well, now get into Norby Williamson and Pat McAfee, and this, you know, eventually it'll it may flow back to Rogers, but. Um, we'll, Can we go back for one second, though? Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, because I think it's worth deconstructing the the the, the actual position that ESPN is in, right? Because right. let's remember, Pat is not an ESPN employee, and I think that um, look, there were some people at ESPN who didn't even know that Pat was paying Aaron Rodgers to be a guest on the show, right? And so when you think about it, it's it's a lot different than if this was happening on PTI or something else, um, there's there's a certain amount of control that ESPN has over the show, but it's not really instructive. Yeah. I mean, well, no, he, Ma- McAfee, has, Ma- McAfee has creative control over that show. He has guest booking power over that show. His people, right, the, cast, the cast on the show are his employees, Pat's employees, not ESPN. So I would almost argue that other than they put him on their airwaves. ESPN that's has almost what, no. Con- well, that's what I was about yeah. to say. ESPN almost has no control sense. over that show. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm in a jump. Right, but but that's the whole point, which is that they can ultimately at any point decide. Okay, we're not going to put him on our airwaves or on our platforms. Right. But other than that, I think it's important for people to remember that you know um, ESPN doesn't have a lot of control, and they they knew what. The McAfee um, product was when they went into it. Uh, they understood the DNA. Yep. Sometimes that doesn't really matter. I think Barstool at ESPN lasted all of like you know basically one episode, correct? Um, right. Because it was such a train wreck. And I think the regime. I think Burke and Jimmy are smart enough to understand that they're not going to change. Pat McAfee, and they probably don't even want to, but I think they want to just avoid third rail issues like this okay. in the future. Agreed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so now let's get into um, let's get into Pat McAfee and uh, Norby Williamson. So three days before the college football title game, Pat McAfee accuses Norby Williamson, longtime ESPN executive with a massive amount of power and a massive amount of portfolios at ESPN of sabotaging his program by leaking false viewership information to the media. Uh, to quote McAfee, there are some people actively trying to sabotage, sabotage us from within ESPN. More specifically, Norby Williamson is the guy who's attempting to sabotage our program. Uh, basically comes within the same, obviously, news cycle as uh, McAfee addressing the, the Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, ESPN, after uh, this, uh, you know, after Pat McAfee calls out one of their longtime executives, says uh, in a statement, no one is more committed to and invested in ESPN success than Norby Williamson. At the same time, we are thrilled with the multi-platform success that we have seen from the Pat McAfee show across ESPN. ESPN declines to make anybody available, whether it's Jimmy Pitar, Burke Magnus, or Norby Williamson about this. And then again, just for further clarity, so people know, Norby Williamson oversees the NFL, college football, sports center. ESPN Audio with the SEC Network, MLB, NHL, combat sports, golf, tennis, and investigative journalism. This is a guy, again, who's been there forever. A lot, a lot of power. A lot of people who um, he, he has basically ended their ESPN career, and he has certainly elevated them. I think anybody who's followed my work, certainly my Twitter feed, I think you kind of know how I feel about uh, Norby Williamson. Probably make a guess that I'm probably not getting leaked by him. I think that'd be an educated guess on your part. And so it gets back to you, Jim. Again, you wrote the definitive book on ESPN. Norby Williamson is part of that book. But what is crazy here is that for um, all of the times that ESPN talent has um, had issues with ESPN management, we have never seen anybody be this public about those complaints. That's the difference here, and that's what's kind of stunning. So that sets up your sort of big picture thoughts on McAfee calling out essentially the number three person at ESPN. Well, let's talk about Norby for a second, okay? Um, I'll, give, I'll give you a quick story just as context. So, you know, back in the day, um, Bill Simmons, Connor Shell, and John Skipper have a 30 for 30 proposal. And George Bodenheimer, who was the chairman of ESPN at the time, gives them 15 million bucks to do these 30 films. And at the time, I think there were people who were in favor of the idea and there were people who weren't in favor of the idea. ESPN's a big place a lot of times whether it's, you know, Barstool or Playmakers, or I could give you a thousand examples. It's, there's not a, you know, kind of like a unilateral acceptance of things. Anyway, 30 for 30 goes on to be quite successful pretty soon. 
you know, right out of the gate, basically. And when it comes to deciding whether or not there isn't a formal decision about whether or not 30 for 30 is going to continue, but there are people inside ESPN who put together a presentation called, amazingly enough, 35 for 35. And they're going to, to continue the franchise, except that they don't involve Bill or Connor. And uh, this is kind of like a rogue parallel presentation. And um, and let's just, well, we don't have to say who led the charge because that defining led the charge, quote unquote, um, could be open to um, dispute. But the fact is that my only point in this story is that I think that there's always a um, multitude of agendas going on at ESPN. And when Pat McAfee was hired by ESPN, it's clear that there were detractors. Pat was absolutely right. There were detractors inside, particularly given the size of his paycheck and given uh, the tone and everything else. Um, you know, there are people who tend, have a tendency, and sometimes I do it myself, to call these people the old school people. Um, I actually think that's kind of ridiculous because, let's face it, Norby's boss, Burke Magnus, has been there over 20 years, over 25 years. So it's not really old school. I would say that it's more like old playbook because McAfee is an enterprise that is designed to attract YouTube viewers and other ways of, you know, combating the, the loss at, at the linear, uh, at the linear place. And, um, and so there, there was a lot, lot of disputes. So, I mean, Pat is not, it, it's not like he's sitting there and he's totally paranoid and coming up with these crazy thoughts. Um, I think that the, as you point out, and as I mentioned earlier, um, the difference here is that he named Norby by name and, I think it takes, look, it takes somebody on the outside, again, he's not an ESPN employee, to say that. Um, you know, there's nothing better uh, for ESPN talent through the years to have Norby Williamson on your side. I mean, Norby, if, if, if Norby has your back, you know that he knows the levers of power in the place. He knows he... You, you know he knows all the hiding places. And the other thing about Norby, which people sometimes don't mention enough, is that Norby doesn't have a desperate need to be liked. He's not afraid to be the bad guy. He's not afraid to take a controversial position. Um, I remember when Jamel Hill and Michael Harris were doing the Sports Center 6. Michael Smith um, were doing the Sports Center 6. And... Um, Somebody called me the night before and they said, oh, we just heard that Norby's taking over the supervision of the show tomorrow. And I said, well, you know, you can say goodbye to that Obama bobblehead that's on the set. And they go, what are you talking about? I go, the guy goes deep, man. Like, this is like, I think I once said to you that he's like the cleaner in La Femme Nikita. Um, you know, he knows, he knows how to do that job. And so uh, for Pat to single him out isn't, crazy in the sense that Norby doesn't have any uh, opinion or thoughts on this. It's just that it's it's really not done. And so this has caused, you know, a lot of people, I, I've been on the phone with several people, uh, um, on-air people over the past several days, and they were like, 
wow, this is, you know, fantastic. I'm so glad somebody finally did that. Uh, I couldn't have done it. He would have, you know, fired me or whatever. But um, there are certainly a lot of people who who liked it. And of course, for ESPN management, it was, uh, you know, just uh, bad food in small portions because they don't want to be dealing with that kind of shit. Yep. So, okay, you, you said a lot there. I mean, it's like 25 ways I can go off this. So, um, here's where I'll go. And by the way, um, Jamel Hill, for example, very, very public about sort of how she has read this situation. Um, she's talked to a lot of former and current ESPN staffers, and she would say uh, there's not a whole lot of sympathy for Norby. Like you, I have talked to a ton of current and former ESPN staffers over the last couple of days. Um, it is not universal because everybody sort of has their own thoughts in terms of um, you know, what they think of McAfee, what they think of Norby, but there are a lot of people who um, really felt like they were done wrong by Norby. But look, the bottom line is he still enjoys a ton of support in in part because yeah yeah look, look, yeah it's it's not it's 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 shades of gray like everything else but here's what I want to get to and this is what's this was really interesting to me regarding McAfee and I, I want to get your thoughts on this it takes it took in my opinion for someone to do what Pat did obviously you have to have leverage and you have to be a different kind of employee and we sort of mentioned that they they license his show. He is not a traditional ESPN employee. They bought what he developed and built, not the other way around. They ESPN did not make Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee made Pat McAfee. And in all the comments about Pat McAfee from the two key players here, Jimmy Pitar and Burke Magnus, who I both talked to, and you can both read these interviews uh, on The Athletic, Jim, um, and I know you've talked to both of them probably about McAfee as well. They have been over the top in terms of praise for McAfee. Magnus called him supremely talented, tapped into the pulse of younger fans, built the show from a blank piece of paper on his own, uh, took slings and arrows undeservedly in articles when people try to draw a direct correlation between our workforce reductions and the acquisition of his show, which is insane. We acquired a show. We didn't hire Pat McAfee as a talent and then build the show around him. He already built the show that's wildly successful. Jimmy Pitaro's top attributes are exactly what we're looking for. He's willing to say what he believes. He's genuine, incredibly knowledgeable and passionate, resonates strongly among young fans. He's that rare talent that both my teenagers and I find compelling. So I would ar argue, Jim, if argue is the right word, that there may not have been any other employee on air at all of ESPN who could have done what McAfee did because he has the two most important guys who have gone who have really bet on him. In some way, they have bet their reputation or some of their reputation, say all of their reputation, they have bet some of their reputation on McAfee coming in and being successful. And that's what makes this story to me so fascinating is that McAfee is the first guy to have leverage, I think, who could even get away with saying this publicly. There's no suspension. And you, more than any other person on earth, has covered more ESPN suspensions. Ten years ago, Pat McAfee would have been suspended two weeks without pay, if not more. And that is something that's fascinating to me, and I, I wonder how you see it. Yeah, I mean, look, like like we said earlier, I mean, he's uniquely positioned. I mean, first of all, he is uh, – this guy is not fear-based, that's for sure. Um, he's he's very, very good at um, speaking his mind, and he doesn't have to worry um, about being an employee. So, yes, in many ways, he was perfectly suited to be the one that calls out Norby. I mean, look, Bill Simmons from time to time 
would say things that would get him in trouble about, uh, you know, certain ESPN products. Maybe there was a couple of times when he may have loosely referred to somebody without, you know, spelling their name out. Um, Tony Kornheiser um, once mentioned something about Hannah Storm and was suspended for two weeks without pay. Um, but yes, Pat, Pat was absolutely um, qualified, I mean, designed to, to, to do this. Now, having said all that, and all those quotes you mentioned, Richard, Jimmy and Burke do not want that to be standard fare. You know, I don't think yes, that. but how do they? But how do they navigate that now that right. they have given McAfee the 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 they have not given McAfee any discipline for something that historic. By the way, I, and I'm glad they didn't. I'm just going to give you my honest opinion. Um, but how do they now look another staffer? Like I don't know. Let's just make it up. Um, staffer college football staffer X criticizes. Um, a coordinating producer in an interview. H- how did how can Jimmy and Burke discipline said staffer now that they've not done that with Pat? Well, that's easy because they're an employee. But my only point is, you're 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 making a, I think a mistake with all due respect that the only way to have a conversation with Pat McAfee and get some results is by threatening discipline, which you don't have. Because I think that one of the things we saw in Pat's statement today was not only was he incredibly supportive of Burke and Jimmy and but he also doubled down on his commitment and you know the fact that he built, to ESPN uh, yeah right. on ESPN very smartly and so i think that you can have a conversation with Pat McAfee where you can say to him look i yes we're not doing the traditional you know suspension because we can't do that and you know we're not going to do whatever but as this is your home and this is in the corniest kind of way your team um we're all in the locker room together and it would be great if you didn't do shit like this again and you know yeah you know like i and, and listen and i think mcafee is a savvy guy and he's going to listen to magnus and pataro mcafee's not dumb i mean at the end of the day like you know it's a lot of money and and a lot of status and you don't want to blow that all i'm saying though is it how do i sort of say this the the reality is i think in many ways they've now opened the door for others to do this i, I agree with you disagree. that the others are not pat mcafee I, I all right so maybe maybe what you're telling me is that no one's going to roll the dice on that because they're ESPN employees is that what you're saying and McAfee's a unicorn and then he's got a unique deal. Well that's 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 definitely step number 1. Yeah. Right. Of course. I mean you'd have to if you're an ESPN employee and you say what Pat said about Norby, you know, you might as well do it while you're clearing out your desk. <laughs> What happens if you just want to blow up the earth, man? You know, you just want to, that's it. You're done. Oh, well, that's, you're, that's you're- totally, listen, <laughs> I mean, it would be, uh, you know, maybe somebody gets uh, gets noticed that their rich relative has le- left them millions and millions of dollars and you don't want to go into work any, right. every day at Bristol and then you just go out in a steam of glory. I mean, but steam otherwise, of glory, right. I don't Yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I got you. I, 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 I mean... I, I'm I'm sort of countering an argument so we can get a little bit of debate here, but I, I understand you you are dead accurate in that. First of all, there's only a very handful of sort of 
Jordan Rules employees at ESPN anyway, who I think could even contemplate going down that path. But yeah, you're the the reality is like they've bet a lot on McAfee. They have a lot of inventory and programming around McAfee. He's the centerpiece of their most important college football pregame studio show and one of the most important studio shows that they have. So he is um you know he is he is unique on that. Well can I just I'll throw in one more thing though. Uh you know let's not forget that Norby even though he's never gotten the top job and there's a lot of reasons for that, but he's still very good at what he does, particularly with talent. And you have to look no further than, you know, probably the most outspoken. Um, well, he's particularly good with talent he likes. Let's be honest. You got to be specific there. Wait, wait. If he doesn't like you as talent, no, no, you, you're, you know, then, you, then, he, then he's asking Kenny Mayne to take a 61% pay cut. My point is that with people who the, the, the most outspoken gumption filled piece of talent ever to walk through Bristol is Keith Oberman and Keith Oberman and Norby had plenty of arguments, but at the end of the day, Keith will nine times out of d- 10 defend Norby. And he does, right. I've seen, I saw it online. And, and, yeah. and so I think that, you know, Norby has, it's not like Norby just goes around blowing people up. If, if that's why I said earlier, if Norby's on your side, that's a great feeling and it engenders. But if he's not, on, but if, but I mean, we, we have people that we both professionally have great respect for that you can correct me if I'm wrong, but because of Norby Williamson's position at ESPN, like he had a lot of say in those people no longer being at oh ESPN. Oh my God, the I professional graveyard. Adnan Verk is exhibit A, B, and C, correct? Someone we both like a lot. Well, he's not even, I mean, of course we, I mean, Adnan is, is terrific, but I, I would say that there were bigger, higher profile, higher paid pieces of talent that uh, Norby um, hit the delete key uh, with. And, um, and and there's there's no doubt that he has ended uh, plenty of careers. And by the way, not just on air, but you ta- you think about if you look at the ranks of ESPN, particularly now, even ten years ago, twenty years ago, a lot of those people are in those jobs um, because they were loyal to Norby and they had his stamp of approval. You know, uh, people like Mark Gross, people like, well, I don't want to name individual names, but my only point is, I think that, you know, it is, um, it's a difficult path if you're an ESPN employee and you decide to take on Norby. Um, That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. I I sort of appreciate that. Okay. So let's, I mean, this seems like catastrophically uh useless because the world can change on a dime on all this stuff but if you had to predict the near-term future here would you predict that the near-term future is we have a cautious detente and that um mcafee is not gonna talk much shit about williamson on air maybe williamson stays clear of mcafee Burke and Jimmy hope that McAfee sort of continues. And then when it comes to, let's say, Aaron Rodgers, it's, you know, Rodgers doesn't go down like the the, the Kimmel Road. Like, is that, is it even realistic that the waters calm a little bit with this stuff or? I'll answer that. I'll not? answer that question if you uh, let me answer one before that, which is, I think the most 
material question as we sit here today isn't really about Aaron or Pat. It is, look, I'm not accusing Norby of leaking the ratings um, before they were released, but somebody did. And I think that the most important question facing ESPN now, and it's faced it in the past, but it's kicked it to the curb, is are they going to condone, permit, allow people to have separate agendas publicly? It's okay if everybody's in the conference room and bitching at each other, but when you walk out of the conference room, you got to walk in, walk out, even if you've lost the argument, saying, okay, well, you know what? I'm not Jimmy. I'm not Burke. I'm not Bob. And so I got to shut up now. I think that if I'm Burke or if I'm Jimmy, um, I have little appetite. I mean, given the complexities that ESPN is facing at this point in its, um, in its history, uh, the last thing I need is to know that there are people, particularly people with power who I've trusted in these jobs who have an agenda of their own and they're going. But let me hear, but, but let me, let me just, let me, it's, it's not even a counter, but let me sort of get your take on this. Both of us, let's not bullshit the audience. Both of us have benefited professionally, financially, given what we do from executives at media companies leaking to us, right? Giving us information. You're, 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 you know, a lot of your stuff on the book obviously was on the record, but both of us, we've been in this business a long time, like that sort of, that, that happens. That's just part of the course of business. The frustrating part for me, and this is why I was really so ticked off with Adnan, and I think you were too, is that it, that is the course of sort of the business of media. ESPN, NFL reporters, Adam Schefter, et cetera, like they, they are sourced by coaches and players all the time anonymously. Like that's just part of sort of business. So my thought to you is, while that's a noble endeavor to think that around that table, no one's going to leak. I just think that's inconceivable. Like people leak every day in all different professional venues of, of news. I know, but we're, no, what I'm talking about is the most expensive show that they've paid for and a gigantic piece of talent. I mean, there's got to be a hierarchy here. If you're leaking something yes, about I agree. the Sunday night baseball schedule and you're just trying <laughs> right. to help somebody that's out with a thing or whatever, that that's one thing I'm talking about. Well, that's where you need adult. That's where you need adults in management. You both of us agree on this, right? Yeah, but I, there has to be levels of discipline. There has to be thoughtfulness in terms of you. You don't give somebody the electric chair for if 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 if, if they. You know, if the, I'm, I'm trying to think of a low-level crime, I'm trying to if they stole a piece of gum from Seven Eleven, which is that right, I ahead. think that there is there has to be some understanding of what is actually being leaked, because it's not just about the ratings. This, yeah, that was a that was a leak to 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 to, to, to sort of let. I mean, again, I I, I don't want to I I don't want it's a it's a mistake for me to sort of assign narratives and why the leaks are, but I I understand why McAfee's ticked off uh, in terms of a of a leak when it comes to your ratings. In the same way, I think if your salary gets leaked, there's a reason people leak salaries. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, obviously, Pat had every right to be pissed off about that because it wasn't 
it wasn't leaking the numbers. It was leaking the numbers with a particular vantage point. You want to talk about old school. I mean, that is the attention that was paid to the linear numbers. Um, you know, Pat McAfee is there for um, a host of platforms and for helping ESPN figure out what it's going to be over the next five years. And that includes YouTube. And so, you know, when I saw that, Agreed. I thought, Good point. well, that that's a leak that comes from somebody who's going off a 1995, 2000, even 2005 playbook, because you've got to pay attention to some of these new platforms and how he's doing there. So Pat has every right to be ticked off that somebody isn't just releasing numbers, but changing the context or creating a narrative that is so freaking negative that, you know, um, that that speaks to the overall agenda of not supporting it. That's what I'm talking about. That's what ESPN okay, has to you. decide whether or not they have the stomach to allow that kind of uh, false narrative or alternative narrative to, um, you know, be leaked and, and, and get out there when it's totally contrary to what they're trying to accomplish. Let me ask you, let, let me sort of ask you this in terms of like a longitudinal long-term thing. Uh, McAfee has generally speaking sort of done stuff on his own. Um, you know, he started his YouTube show and was his own boss, um, you know, partnered up with a, with a sports gambling company for a while. And then obviously went to, to ESPN has his roots in the WWE. He's not, I can't say I know the guy very, very well, but like, he he he's not brought up in the ESPN system, right? Like this isn't Kevin Nagandi or or Carl Ravitch or somebody who's dreamed of working at ESPN their whole life and 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 has plans to stay for thirty years when they finally reach that dream job at Bristol. So, do you see a path here to a long term relationship, or is it just inevitable? Just given sort of McVie's sort of who he is, and he's he's very much a digital creation that. You know, we're not going to see the guy on ESPN seven years from now. I like—I don't know the answer. I mean, maybe I'm. Maybe it turns out I'm totally wrong, and this relationship's incredible. But I mean, look, yeah. I think a lot of people are mentioning the fact that he has never finished a contract at, at prior places, or a, a lot of the majority of the contracts that he entered into. But you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, and if you think about what Jimmy and Burke have said and what Pat said this morning. I, you know, I mean, look, he knows, I think this was a valuable uh, learning, uh, you know, example, teachable moment, so to speak. Uh, I think that he knows that there are certain things that um, are going to cause heartache for management. I don't think he get. I don't think Pat McAfee wakes up every morning trying to tweak Jimmy and Burke. I, I just don't think so. He's got... He's got bigger things on his mind. He wants to do a good job. He wants to, you know, enlarge his base. He wants to keep his fans happy. And so I think that, um, I think there's every reason to believe, I mean, unless he's self-destructive, unless, uh, you know, maybe he gets an offer from somewhere else and he has to like burn the bridge at ESPN to get out of it. I don't even know if he would do that. I mean, what's the point of that? But I, I think there's, yeah. I think there's every reason to believe that he, look, he said something, um, and, uh, you know, it, it created a life of its own. And I don't know, I don't think he's going to be, you know, on tomorrow talking shit about Norby Williamson again. 
I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't think that's what he's about. Well, let me ask you the most important question. Why have you not cursed on this podcast like you did when the, when we talked about Adna? Well, it made me carsick. Um, and I think, you know, the truth is that we all know that there are, uh, every day, there are a lot of conversations that happen between employees of ESPN, executives, producers, talent, otherwise, on background with creatures like us. Um, yep. We also know that this is a guy who would work there for nine years. He bled ESPN. He's got four young boys. He's got a moral compass, despite the fact that some people now are saying otherwise. And here's the other thing, too, which is how the fuck did that get leaked? That was Jim in February of 2019 on this program discussing Adnan Burke. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that, that was, <laughs> look, that really pissed me off, and particularly given the fact that um, some of the people involved in that decision um, have leaked, like, uh, well, anyway, my only point is, I, I think that it, it's obviously a sore subject for me, because I think Adnan is such a good employee and a good human being. And um, it was totally unnecessary, and uh, I wish they had done done it differently, uh, you know. And so, just just hope that you know. I'm just glad that Adnan's gone on to uh, have a good career, and uh, you know, I hope that they handle the next situation in uh, you know relative. The punishment and the crime are kind of better matched. Let's put it that way. Here's the, I was just fucking with you, but here's the last one that I want to ask you about. Uh, I feel like I could have done a much better job on this podcast, but you've been good. I guess that's all that matters. The, um, the thing, Jim, that's interesting to me, or one of the things that's interesting to me about McAfee is in very short time, he's become the centerpiece of game day. You know, they put, they've put him in the middle of that show. Um, he's essentially the energizer of that show. He's the one who interacts with the crowd the most. The crowd reacts to him. Um, He's been excellent on it. I mean, they're, they're obviously like everything else. He's going to have detractors who say he's too loud. He's too, he's too, you know, whatever. He's, he's, he's not uh, part of the college game. They tradition, blah, blah, blah. I actually think he's like, make the army is probably the best thing on that show. Or the thing that people will tune in for. And interestingly enough, that's given him even more leverage, right? Because like they did bring him in for the Pat McAfee show, but now it would be, I think, really hard for those producers. And then if you go higher, like the Magnuses and Pitaro, to to not have him on that show. And so interestingly enough, um, even if his linear viewership numbers are, you know, lower than the previous sports centers, and I'm with you, I, I think that metric uh, ultimately, like, it's still day part television. Like, it is what it is. Um that, that's been interesting to me in how a very short amount of time he's become such a critical part of – like, just let me do the math on this. I, I think their most important studio show. Maybe, maybe you think it's something else, but but I think it is. And and how do you see that sort of facet of McAfee's career? I mean, look, I think they've done a really good job of putting him into the ESPN ecosystem. Um, remember something, ESPN has got what 8,760 hours a year to fill. That's right. And there's a lot of stuff. It's Baskin Robbins, man. There's 31 flavors. It's not like 
everybody, by the way, there are people, I, mean, I could I could go on for an hour when PTI started. There were people inside ESPN that thought it was the worst thing in the world. There are still people who don't like it. You know, what show anywhere, uh, you know, I mean, that gets, uh, you know, 100% buy-in from everyone. No, not. Um, that's not, that's, that's not even, you know, I mean, that just doesn't happen. And so I think that one of the things that they've been really smart with about Pat, even if he's not, even if he's not somebody you want to watch, they have done a very good job and he's done a great job of meeting the challenge of, of, of going into these other properties outside his own show and making, you know, his presence felt they, they need, they need help. And he has, uh, you know, a, a, a significant following and they're trying to tap into that. So, I mean, it's not like we're talking, sitting here talking about how he came to ESPN and he's embarrassed himself because he is, uh, nobody pays attention to him and he's saying just a bunch of stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it just, the, the silly, the silliest thing ever is just like to, to, to have an argument that somehow like the, the guy's viewership should be 400,000 as opposed to 320,000 just to me is an insane, it's just dumb. But yes, I, I agree with you every single day that, that, that in some ways that show creates some interest and that's what he has been wanting. And by the way, I don't know if I said this, but but I, I will. And then I'm going to let you, if you, there's anything else you want to say that I, didn't, that I didn't ask you, please do. Don't be naive not to think that ESPN doesn't love Aaron Rodgers' appearances. They hated what happened with Kimmel, but they love the fact he is on their airwaves because all the time that stuff gets shared, viral, people have comments about it. And if ESPN didn't sort of want Rodgers on the air, we would have heard that they, did, they would not have wanted Rodgers on the air. And in terms of platforming Rogers, listen, the guy does press conferences every day with regular media. Like he is what he is, man. He's a starting quarterback in the New York Jets. He's a news, you know, right? Like it or not. Anyway, um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? I mean, look, a lot of this, Stephen A. Smith is in the tonnage business for ESPN. There are a lot of people inside ESPN, particularly given the fact that he got a huge, huge contract at a time when there were layoffs and other cutbacks. Um, there were a lot of people who were furious about it. But I think what you're seeing is that ESPN is making fewer bets on more expensive properties that are going to move the needle and help them through this difficult time. And um, those bets, those people are not going to be universally loved. And the whole point of ESPN making these moves is that they have to try these things. They have to create a new paradigm. And the only question remains, like I said, is whether or not those people inside who cash a paycheck from that company are going to quietly or internally voice their displeasure, or are they going to adopt an agenda of their own and publicly try and thwart or malign um, these people. And and that to me is the operative question. Welcome to the new head of ESPN Communications, Josh Krulitz. Big, big, big month for you to start. A lot of, nothing really going on. Uh, Jim Miller is the best-selling author of books on CAA, ESPN, Saturday Night Live, and HBO. You can, uh, you can find him on social media. Not as active as he's been in the past, but you can still find his work. Do you have any projects coming up, Jim, that you want to uh, promote? 
Um, they're quiet at this point. Quiet projects. You're just you're basking in your previous glory of success at this point. Uh, yeah, that sounds like no. That's the last thing I'm doing. But uh, I'm just quietly working away on two things, and uh, so nothing to plug. But um, all right, we'll, 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 yeah, well let me know, and I'll, I'll bring you back on, and uh, we'll do this. Any other podcasts on this schedule? I mean, I know Bill Simmons loves you, and. Uh, you know, you're usually doing some some major, much bigger podcasts than this one. Any podcast appearances coming up? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Will Will, Will Arnett, but, Jason Bateman? Are you going to be on that podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll be there in the next half hour. No, I'm not. All right. All right. So anyway, so this is a, it's an exclusive with Jim Miller and excited. All right, Jim. Listen, as always, you help provide context and some. Um, some better understanding of these situations and i you know we know we joke on this podcast but i am very serious i really really appreciate your time and uh thanks for coming on the sports media podcast today oh thank you thanks for having me all right back in the studio my thanks to uh james andrew miller for his uh, time and his uh, insight um obviously the mcafee story or pat mcafee is an entity he's not going anywhere so um i imagine we'll be discussing him more on this podcast and you'll be reading about him and obviously a million other places. I mean, the guy at this point is like a, you know, he's a, he's a the page view sort of machine because a lot of people are interested in, in this particular story and, 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 and in McAfee. He's, you know, he's an ESPN iron. He's got a big audience, especially of young, digital, digitally-centric people. Um, previous podcasts. Uh, this week we had Bill Bonnell and Jimmy Platt, the producer and director of the National Championship game on ESPN. Hubie Brown. Um, always awesome to uh, talk to the uh, legendary ESPN NBA analyst, Fox NFL producer Richie Zients, Fox NFL director Rich Russo. I'm trying to get some behind-the-scenes people uh, lately, so uh, hopefully uh, you've uh, enjoyed that. Laura Rutledge was on this podcast not too long ago, and Ernie Johnson as well. If you like these uh, conversations, please leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That is how this podcast continues. I want to thank Patrick for his hard work. Uh, Thanks, everybody at Odyssey for their support. And thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.